You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. And we have a guest joining us again today. It's the uh, Timo version of the Wish version of Susie Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for you, Ome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we are continuing our month of video game movies with episode 175, Existence. Capital Woo! X, capital C. <laughs> from 1999 it's an hour uh, from and 30... from pilgrimage hello capital no 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 no, no. <laughs> existence oh i'm sorry I'm with sorry. a capital x and a capital z is from, from antenna research antenna. i'm sorry <laughs> um it's from 1999 it's an hour and 37 minutes directed by cronenberg um who we've only seen uh the fly from his movies but, but i mean surprisingly I know, right? There's so many other good ones, like, like Shivers, Rabid, The Brood, Scanners, Videodrome, The Dead Zone, uh, Crimes of the Future. Me and Maurice just saw in the theater last year, and I really liked it. Um, History of Violence even would make it uh, make a good showing on this. Um, and then, of course, Naked Lunch. We can't forget that bizarre fucking movie. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you've watched a David Cronenberg film, you kind of know what to expect going in. It's, it's going to be not, because it's David Cronenberg. <laughs> Yeah, he always has the same themes. It's always some kind of body horror, fleshy nightmare. <laughs> like there's, I mean, even even history of violence. There's a lot of like fleshy torture stuff. He's he's clearly got a fetish. Um, but let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks of this strange little number. Uh, Don, we'll start with you as you're our guest. What do you think? Oh boy. Oh boy. Um so I was really excited when this got picked. I was like, yes! So fucking excited. Existence. Capital X. Capital Z. Existence. <laughs> so excited. Uh because I totally remember loving this and being like, yeah, it's so cool. Look at that. Ooh, waha. And it's not that I don't like it on the rewatch. It's just that I'm disappointed. Uh, <laughs> you sound like a parent. You're like, yeah. it's not that I'm mad at you. I'm just, just disappointed. disappointed. It's like, fuck. There is such bad acting. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. All these great <laughs> actors. And they're so bad. Like, look, I'm not saying... You know, Jude Law is the grand thespian that, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> that that the world maybe may think he is. Um, he's fine, but it's like, oh God, like yeah. we are we are talking I don't even know. I I can't even explain. Like I have no comparison to be like, guys, like it's like a bunch of college students got together and yeah. went, let's make a movie. Yeah, not that, like I said, not that I say I don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's just the acting pulls me right. It's, I, 
I remember when we watched Saw and I felt the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, this did not hold up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm we're we're gonna have similar thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I I like it. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maurice, let's toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on this one? Oh, I love this movie. Seriously. No. Oh, <laughs> you had me for a second. I'm like, wow, really? Come on, how many uh, episode number is this? 170 what? Not five? Yep. You should know better by now. I know. Every, every I once in a while, he'll throw me off, though, because I'll be like, eh, I didn't like it. He's like, I thought it was cool. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm kind of the same opinion. Um, I haven't seen it since it first came out, but with the cast involved, you, it should be a better movie. Yeah, um, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> um, like like Don said, the, the the acting was pretty bad. I don't know. The for the most part, it doesn't make sense at times. Like it's I don't know. It's I, I haven't really put, I, yeah I haven't really put much thought into it because I watched it and I was honestly I probably should have watched it twice. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, 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 no! Don't torture yourself the way we no. did. No, no, yeah, because I definitely was like, okay, I watched it, and then I went, fuck, I gotta watch this again to make notes. Yep, that's <laughs> exactly like, what I did. Oh, well, fuck. well, I remember I said I should, but I yeah, no, didn't. You, you didn't. Luckily, luckily, um, luck. Yeah, he, he was the smart one out of the three of mm-hmm. us. <laughs> you know, because when I was doing my homework on it, I was like, all right, this is a pretty good cast, and then. I watched and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I expected better and uh, it, it didn't get better. Uh, it's not a terrible movie. It's definitely not one of his worst movies, but I kind um, of put it in the same camp as Rabbit, where it's like Rabbit is really fucking weird and the acting is terrible, but it's interesting enough to make me keep wanting to go like, well, what's going to happen next? Right, you know, and that's kind of how I felt here. Yeah, but uh, yeah, overall, I mean, uh, I'm I'm probably not gonna watch it again. To be honest, <laughs> Maurice <laughs> is like, I'm done. I've seen it. I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm, I yeah. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as both of you. Um, I remembered liking this. I I saw it in the theater, and I remember enjoying it at the time. I've seen it a handful of times over the years. I haven't seen it in probably about a good ten years. And I've always just kind of enjoyed it. I think because I was watching it passively and not like actually paying close enough attention. Um, Because this is one of those movies that would often like, you know, would pop up and I'm like, I'll put that on. And I'd be doing something else or, you know, not really paying close, close attention to it. And so some of the more nonsensical moments just didn't really, you know, mesh for me. And I didn't really ever think about it. Watching it critically and trying to make the story make sense. It's a headache. It really is. And the only thing I can come away with is there's the overarching theme that it's all a video game, that it's all they're all it's all the whole thing is a game. And at the time, especially in the 90s, if you would play any kind of video game that had, you know, extensive cutscenes and lines of dialogue and stuff where voice actors were involved, the acting was always bad. We didn't start getting actual actors for video games until the 2000s. 
So we always say like Resident Evil is the uh, is the kind of the the watermark for this type of bad acting in video games where, you know, Jill goes to open the front door and they're like, no, Jill, don't open that door. And it's like, <laughs> that's kind of how the acting felt in this. And I feel like, OK, were they trying to like lampoon the way video games work, the way video games, you know, the actors talk in video games? And I think that's part of it. I really do, because there are moments where the actors are fine and then moments where they're absolutely fucking terrible. And it's like, OK, I feel almost like they were trying to make that bad. Like they were they're trying to deliver a bad take there um, to get to again to try to make you as the audience question, like, is this supposed to be the real world or the game world? What's happening here? Um, and I don't think it was very successful. But as far as the look of the film goes, it is very Cronenberg. Like I said, lots of fleshy grossness. Um, and mm, bioports. <laughs> Yay. This one is overly I'm, sexual. <laughs> I'm just going to say there's a lot of, no one asks for consent a lot of the time. I'm I have, I have say. those in my notes as well. <laughs> I, am, I comment on that there's, like several times. There's a very rapey feel in some of the scenes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say though, I, I do gotta say, if if uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was going after me like that, I probably would not be fighting as much as he did. <laughs> if if she was trying to finger your holes, <laughs> she can finger my holes. You know what? I'm I'm not gonna. I would not argue if uh, you know Jude Law had to stick his tongue in my bio port. Um, <laughs> it just is. Uh, like ask first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a little, a little consent. That's all we're right. saying. <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna do this. Is that okay? And, and you know what? I may be like, yeah, let's try it. Let's find out. <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to isolate that uh, that sound bite. <laughs> if, if Jude Law was gonna stick his tongue in my bio port. <laughs> oh I was lord. The same thing. I honestly was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Holy crap. So we, we who knows what bioport means, people. I could be talking about anything. Exactly. Uh we we've alluded to this a couple times. It does have a great cast, but everyone has a horrible name. So oh, I don't even know who half the names are, like of the characters. Oh, oh, you're about I don't, to I don't even know. I will be referring to him as like the doctor. Oh yeah, and, I do that. And, I do that yeah. as well. <laughs> and Ian Holmes. Yeah. And, <laughs> Green Goblin was one I had. Yeah, Green um, Goblin. That's the one. That's one of like the three names I knew. <laughs> yeah, everybody's name. It just it's it's bizarre and doesn't make any damn sense. But we have Allegra Geller, who sounds like a headache medication. Oh, see, I went with uh, erectile dysfunction. See, yeah, <laughs> she sounds like some kind of medication. <laughs> uh, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who we would know from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, The Hitcher, Single White Female. Uh, Dolores Claiborne, The Machinist, The Hateful Eight, Twin Peaks. She's in a lot of great stuff. Um, Ted Peichel, played by Jude Law, who's in Gattaca, uh, AI, Road to Perdition, Sky Captain, The World of Tomorrow, if you guys remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was so much hype for that movie, and then it fell so flat. Oh, I could tell you stories, actually, at the Regal. <laughs> we um, got, we got, I'm, I'm, real quick, we would get posters for that one weekly. And I'm not saying, like, one or two posters. I mean, each character had a poster. Oh. So there was, like, and there, so there was a three and then, like, one actual poster every week. 
every we ended up starting to throw them out because we had so many. They spent so much on marketing. They did. They did <laughs> so much. Uh, but he was also in Captain Marvel and the Fantastic Beasts films. Uh, then we and, have and the upcoming for you nerds out there, Skeleton Crew Star Wars. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Oh, nice. The new Disney Plus series. Very nice. I, I had no idea. I actually do like Jude Law. He's he's in a lot of stuff that I like. So, and he he was good at this, even if his lines were weird. <laughs> I'm giving it. He is the Ewan McGregor in this and during the prequels. All right, yes. like yes. you've got bad dialogue. You're really trying, <laughs> but it's not happening. You know, that's yeah. how I see. You're giving it your best. Yes. <laughs> then we have Kiri Vinker. So it sounds like vinegar, uh, played by Ian Holm. Uh, obviously Aliens, Time Bandits, Naked Lunch, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, The Fifth Element, The Lord of the Rings films, The Hobbit films, Brazil. He, he's in so many good movies. Um, we have Gas, played by Willem Dafoe, uh, the Spider-Man movies, uh, Antichrist, Daybreakers, Odd Thomas, which I would love to get on here. I really do like that movie. American Psycho, Nightmare Alley, Shadow of the Vampire, The Boondock Saints, Mississippi Burning, and Platoon. Like Half of that list I would love to show on this podcast. And you know what? Even the other half, too. <laughs> yeah. No, Will, Willem Dafoe is he's one of those actors that I always enjoy. We Even, can make we can make an excuse to get Platoon on here. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Although I feel like I feel like that's that's a that's more of a raised by rentals territory. I feel like, we you know what? We can make an excuse to get body of evidence on here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that one. <laughs> Fucking Madonna. <laughs> my God. All right. Continue. <laughs> How did I forget that movie existed? Because we all wanted to forget that movie existed. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, Yevgeny Nourish, who I will refer to as Belki Batakamus. Um, (laughs) But that's not him. I I know, but he, tell me he didn't look like he was trying to be Belki. But played by Don McKellar, he was in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Crimes of the Future, and Degrassi, The Next Generation. Then we have Hugo Carlaw, played by Callum Keith Rennie. He was in Time Cop, The X-Files, The Outer Limits, Memento, The Dread Zone, Butterfly Effect, Kingdom Hospital, Supernatural. The list goes on and on. A lot of TV show stuff, too. Um, Then we have just Seminar Leader, played by Christopher Eccleston, who we'll just call Doctor Who. Thank God that it's just something simple. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He was in The Others, 28 Days Later, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Thor, The Dark World, um, gone in 60 seconds, and of course, like I said, Doctor Who. Um, Meryl, played by Sarah Polly, who she was in, uh, we've already seen her in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, Friday the 13th, the series, Go and Splice, which I would and, love to get Splice on here. And who won an Oscar two days ago, so we're just going to say that. Oh, did she? <laughs> yes. I, didn't, I didn't watch the Oscars. She won for Best Screenplay, I think. One of the screenplay ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, she she does a lot more writing than acting. But, but she's uh, now an Oscar winner. So you guys, we could say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> then we have Darcy Nader, played by Robert A. Silverman. Uh, we would know from Rabid, The Brood, Prom Night, Scanners, Friday the 13th, the series, Naked Lunch, Waterworld, and Jason X. Um, he's he's that little old man in Jason X that kind of like looks like he gets woken up in a drawer. Because there's like, there's the video call, the, the bed just... Oh, like, yeah. yeah. The, the like... Uh... The lieutenant or whatever the hell yeah. he is. Yeah. He's trying to, the guy's trying to explain how they found, you know, these two frozen specimens. He's like, so what? Who cares? <laughs> like, 
He's that guy. And then we have Noel Dickner, played by Chris Lemchi. Uh, we saw recently in Ginger Snaps, but he was also in Final Destination 3, Criminal Minds, The Frankenstein Theory, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like I said, big cast. A lot of these characters have very little to do, um, and all of them have horrible dialogue. <laughs> and some have horrible accents. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and Ian Holm even comments on his horrible accent, which I loved. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but... The basic plot is a game designer is on the run from assassins and must play her latest virtual reality creation with a marketing trainee to determine if the game has been damaged or not. Very strange idea, especially because it's like people are trying to kill you and you keep wanting to go into your game. I need to play it and you're the only one I trust. I need to play with a friendly. (laughs) My baby. We we open with a video game testing group in an old church where oh Doctor Doctor Who is telling people what for about the new game that they're about to test. Why why is there a testing group in an old church? I well here's the first thing I I wrote. I went seriously. Did they get all these extras in a mall? Like where you know when right. you're walking through the mall, did you like, hey would you like to be part of a test group? We're actually making a movie, so you're gonna pretend you're part of a test group. There was like old people, right? <laughs> like, just the most and there's that one fucking guy right when he introduces her. Allegra! Oh my god, Allegra! <laughs> yep. I'm but I shoot him. Shoot him right now. <laughs> this part, like Christopher Eccleston's uh, accent. I don't know what accent he was trying to, to put I, on. I think it's his. I think that's his actual accent. I don't know. I've seen him talk in interviews. He don't sound like this. Because he's like, he goes, existence, capital X, capital Z. Goes... <laughs> <laughs> like, again, why is that important to the movie? We don't know, but they keep saying it. And then he goes, it's new, it's from Antenna Research, and it's here now. And I'm like, is that like are you, is that like a Boston accent? What are you doing? Like, I'm I think sh- he was doing his Northern European, or his Northern England accent, and then trying to throw New York on top of it. It was so <laughs> weird. <laughs> but the way he said, it's new. It's from Antenna Research. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He sounds like Razor Ramon. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But he explains to the group that while normally he would run them through the test trials, tonight they have something very different in mind, and he introduces the developer of the game, Allegra Geller. And that's when, like you said, the guy's like, "Ah, Allegra! 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 On his knees, like, ready. Like, oh. Oh, and he gets fucking picked for the group, too. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> the crowd excitedly cheers as she makes her way to the stage. And I have a note here. I'm like, man, khakis really had a hold of us all in the 90s, didn't they? Because, <laughs> like, so many people in that crowd are wearing khakis. You can thank the fucking Gap for that. Right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but she explains to the group that existence is not just a game, but rather an entire new game system with exciting new toys that they'll all be able to test out. Doctor Who explains that the group, or to the group that they have 12 prototype meta-flesh game pods. I was like, ooh, sounds exciting. <laughs> and says mm. he needs 12 volunteers. Of course, everyone is jumping at the chance. Right. Now, if we said meta-flesh now, we would just assume, like, Facebook made a flashlight, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. mean, that sounds not, most accurate. I mean, they look like facebook made a flashlight i'm just it's, saying like now <laughs> uh, uh, would that be a zakusi 
I know, right? I just grossed myself out. Uh. <laughs> but while this is happening, we get the we get a latecomer to the panel. This is Noel Dickner. As he walks in, uh, a man on security detail at the door stops to scan him. This is Ted Peichel. He asks him what's in his bag, and Noel shows him his game pod. He comments how it's an older model, but it's all he could afford. Ted tells him he oh. won't eat it tonight because everything is provided. What are you going to say, showed, He showed him his game pod, huh? Yeah, he did. And it looked dirty because he opened his pack, it, like his backpack and was like, eh? <laughs> like, looking here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why does it, if he's got the older model, why does it look like it's more futuristic, though, than, than the other ones? Well, the, I, all I can say is, remember, this was the 90s where tech kept getting smaller. Yeah, and it, and if you look at that one, it's like the size of a like a, a desk. <laughs> like the new ones are only the size of a dinner plate. So, you know. But Allegra tells the group that she's going to download the, the new game into each of them. And it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> it's like, that's debatable. Um, yeah, and she, yeah. she goes in to tell them not to panic no matter what happens. She begins flicking the little controller nipples and starts it up. <laughs> like. So we got to describe the MetaFlesh game pods oh, for anyone who yeah. hasn't seen it. These things, they, they, <laughs> they're like a weird, like, okay, picture the Xbox controller. Now kind of make it oblong and cover it in synthetic flesh and give it nipples and a crevice. It doesn't oh, make oh. any damn sense. And it has an umbilical cord that attaches to your spine. And you have to caress it. It's not you, like... Like while you're playing, you have to caress it. It's yeah, not like you, you flicking the button. You gotta like, yeah, like yeah, you flick you it to turn rough. it on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you gotta flick those nipples. Yeah, that, uh, that usually works. <laughs> <laughs> but then you gotta caress to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. You gotta keep running your fingers along the crevice. <laughs> it's just, it's so dirty. Oh God. <laughs> but, do they come in other colors? Because I feel now it's racist that they're only in the one flesh color. <laughs> this is true. This yeah. is, and, and, you know, they never really show. So because the old model was just like bright pink. Mm -hmm. And then the, the new model is just like white boy flesh. It's a little creepy. But uh, while the people are in the game, Noel pulls out his game pod in the audience, reaches inside and pulls out an organic bone gun. He yells death to the demoness Allegra Geller and shoots her in the shoulder. He then yells death to Antenna Research and shoots Doctor Who in the chest, who literally just stands there looking who? at him like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it is like the worst, like, dying, too. Like, uh. <laughs> he falls down and then he, uh, the guy goes to shoot Ted and instead is gunned down by the security detail while the game testers scatter. And I love how the security detail shoots him like 17 times. <laughs> But Doctor Who tells Ted to get Allegra out of there to save her, telling them there may be more of them and to trust no one. He's like, ah, get Allegra out of here. Save her. <laughs> I I want to know why, like, he's like, you can't trust anyone. Well, why are you trusting this random guy you don't know? Like, oh, never... <laughs> there is so much of that yeah. throughout this movie, and it drives me nuts. But Ted grabs the bone gun and gets Allegra out of there. And I love it how everyone else is running and the two people that were just shot at and threatened at bone gun point <laughs> are just kind of calmly walking to Ted's car. <laughs> like, oh, okay. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. People are after us, but oh, well. <laughs> we might as well just walk. But 
While driving, he asks her where they're going to go. She explains to him that there are plenty of game developers that she knows in the countryside. and uh, But she's unsure on who she can trust. And, you know, clearly has enemies that she wasn't aware of. Ted gets a phone call on a glowworm. <laughs> Tell me oh, that see, didn't look see, like a glowworm. That looked more like a pocket flashlight to me. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I just assume he was ready to get down. Well, know. he's like, it's my pink phone. And he clicks it and it, it glows. Pink phone? Pink yeah. phone? Yeah. Ah. It's a <laughs> but Allegra grabs it and hucks it out the window, much to his dismay. He's like, hey, that was my phone. And she's like, it's a tracker. It would have given away our location. She then looks at Ted and asks why he's not armed. And he says, why would I be? She tells him that she was told her security detail would be armed. This is where he tells her, he goes, who told you I was security? I'm just a marketing trainee. And she (laughs) laughs and goes, I'm marked for death. And they send me on the road with a PR nerd. Womp womp. (laughs) (laughs) She then tells him to stop the car. He asks why. And she says, so we can have an intimate moment together. Well, then why did you throw out his pink phone? Well, because she she didn't want him to use the flashlight. (laughs) She wanted him to use her bioport. (laughs) (laughs) But we see them on the side of the road. Michael has a pocket knife and has to dig the bullet out of Allegra's shoulder. He digs around and pops something out and then asks, did somebody bite you? And he shows her the bullet was a human tooth. They examine the gun and pull out a clip, which is indeed loaded with teeth. Michael points out that it was clearly designed to get past metal and synthetics detectors, as it's all flesh and bone. I like how Allegra jokes, huh, smaller caliber guns would probably take baby teeth. The tooth fairy could go into the arms business. She's a little too giddy about this gun, by the yeah. way. <laughs> she said, wow. Her moods never line up. Like, no. she's all over the place. She is now. very, she's not bipolar. She's tripolar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they get back on the road and head out to a motel. Cut to Allegra on the bed, ported it into her game pod while Pykel sits nearby and watches. When she comes out, he asks her where she was. She explains that she was wandering through existence. Is that saying, like, is, I'm sorry, but uh, he's sitting there like he is watching, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm, I mean, I mean, watching. He was sad that he didn't have his pink phone anymore because, you know, <laughs> he he couldn't participate. <laughs> but she says she was wandering through existence, that she likes it there and tells him, unfortunately, without another player, she can only be a tourist. Michael tries to convince her to let let him contact Antenna, telling her that they owe it to them to let them know that they're OK. While he's talking, she just walks up to him and hoists his shirt up in the back Michael jumps up. I love his reaction. He's like, hey, what are, what are you doing? This is the beginning <laughs> of the very rapey stuff I was talking about. Oh, like, yeah. But, but his this reaction. This is he, Just the way he's like, hey. Why, <laughs> now, why, why is he selling Snaggletooth? That's why I was waiting for him to be like, heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> like, I was like, what the fuck? He said it so. The accents in this movie are all over the place. It's so weird. But she asks him, where is your bioport? And Ben realizes he doesn't have one. He admits that he's never been fitted with a port. She scoffs, saying, you, you want to get into the biz, but you've never played any of my games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not to quote Maurice here, but uh, she's a real fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but this part, I laughed so damn hard because... 
there is a very uncomfortably long pause it like very purposefully put into this line of dialogue because she's like you know you've never been fitted <clears throat> you've never been fitted with a, a bioport she goes you want to get into the biz but you've never played or you've never played any of my games and he goes look i've been dying to play your games but i have this phobia about having my body penetrated one two three four surgically <laughs> i laughed so fucking hard i'm like Okay, that was like overly intentional. <laughs> but Michael admits that getting a bioport scares him. Allegra explains they just pop your spine with a little hydro gun. They shoot the port right into the plug. Oh yeah, just pop your fucking spine. Right. Oh. Oh. They do it at malls. It's like getting your ears pierced. It's not, it's not safe either. <laughs> right. And he's like, oh sure, only with an infinitesimal chance of full spinal paralysis. I've read all about it. And again, he says a boot. It's like, okay. But she goes on to tell him that uh, once he's ported, there's no end to the games he can play. He looks at her like she's gone so, mad. So once you're ported, you never go back? Exactly. <laughs> he looks at her like she's gone mad and says, how can you think about playing games while we're being hunted? This is where she explains what happens to happened to her pod. She said at, at the church during the commotion, one of the cords were ripped out of it. And uh, it, at that time, it was downloading the, the game into the other pods. So basically, it was damaged during the, the download sequence. The only way to know if the pod is okay, and, or the pod and the game is okay, is to play Existence with somebody friendly. She then asks Pykel, are you friendly or are you not? Pykel, like, you know, he, he sits there for a minute and then he agrees that he'll get a bioport installed. And then he goes, let me see. To get an illegal, unregistered bioport installed at about midnight, we just have to drive up to your local country gas station, right? She smiles, and then we smash cut to a gas station named Country Gas Station. This is where I should have realized, like, something was going on. Because I never caught that in all my viewings until, like, I was writing my notes. <laughs> I was like... It's like, it says country gas station. Oh, my fucking God. Like, <laughs> I should have realized there, this is not fucking real, you know, right and, there. But And the gas station attendant is named Gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Allegra asks Gas about getting Bioport installed. At first, he plays dumb and, and asks like or acts like he doesn't know what she's talking about. And she insists that he does. And then eventually he recognizes her. He holds up a little little newspaper clipping from his wallet next to her face, realizes it's, a, it's the person he thinks it is, then drops to his knees, kissing her feet, telling her she's changed his life. Right, like, this is like a fucking orgasmic turn here, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my God, Allegra. It's like she he turned on TikTok and it was just full of Pedro Pascal. Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, that kind of happens. If you... If you Go on TikTok. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but it's like, good fucking lord! <laughs> like, like you could have, you could have pretended that better, sir. Oh, yeah. You could have. <laughs> <laughs> so he agrees to help them inside the garage. Pykel asks Gas how Geller changed his life as he changes into clean overalls. Gas tells him that uh, before her games, he just operated a gas station. Pykel points out that he still operates a gas station, to which Gas responds only on the most pathetic level of reality and goes on to explain how her games liberated him. He then pulls, uh, pulls some tools out of a dirty toolbox and Michael asks if they're sterile and Gas tells him, 
ah, the way things work, you could fire a bioport in a slaughterhouse and never generate an infection. <laughs> and then Pykele goes, so then why the clean overalls? Gas stops and goes, it's a mental thing. It helps me focus. <laughs> so this is something that it drives me nuts throughout this whole movie. As they keep talking about infections. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. It can't get, and then, like, it keeps, like, they keep mentioning infected. Like, the mm-hmm. word infected. Like, can you guys come up with a different word, please? Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and keep in mind, it does make sense at the very end. It does, but it's like, come on. I know. It's, it's. <laughs> It it does get a little annoying, but so he's, he's like, trust me, the one thing you don't want to do is miss with a stud finder. I'm like, oh, that sounds reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, outside Geller is rubbing up on and sniffing the gas pumps for no reason. She then comes across a weird mutated CGI reptile. I really do not miss this era of CGI because that was, <laughs> ooh, that was bad. It's like a weird, like two headed bug reptile thing so back inside gas marks pykele's back and gets the port injector pykele is nervous and gas tells him i haven't crippled anyone yet to which pykele asks how many have you done he goes three well you'll be my third (laughs) when geller comes inside she finds pykele threatening gas with a wrench which that cracked me the fuck up he was just like get away from me every right every right yeah, get the fuck away from me. But did you notice how Gas like looked like he was gonna jump him with the gun? He was like, like, come on, motherfucker. Like just turn around. Just turn around. Just turn around. He goes, usually people pay me for this. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, all two of them. But Geller tells Gas to give them a minute, as Pykele tells her he's decided not to get the port installed. She tells him that he's trapped in a cage of his own making in the smallest reality. She then tells him to break out of his cage. And apparently that's enough because we smash cut to Pykele flopping into a chair after having the port shot into his back. This is very, this is very much the, like, again, the very rapey shit that's going on. Like, like, oh, come on. You know, I need this. Mm -hmm. I need you to do this for me. Kind of bullshit. It's Yeah, it's, it's creepy. Yeah. It's it's really good. And, and it's it's 99% of the time is at the hands of Allegra. Yeah. <laughs> but Geller tells him to not worry that the swelling will go down shortly. And by tomorrow, he won't even notice. Pykele realizes he can't move his legs and begins to panic. Gas tells him that the procedure comes with its own epidural, basically temporary paralysis from the waist down. And, and that's why the installation didn't hurt. It'll wear off in no time. Gas tells him to make themselves comfortable and he goes to wash up. Keller gets out her pod ready to play. She then takes some WD-40 out of the toolbox and sprays <laughs> Pykele's port. That is not that kind of lubricant. <laughs> that is not meant for that. You get the KY, not the WD-40. <laughs> or or the port chapstick, as we see yes, later. the port chapstick I will allow. But come on. <laughs> he, go, he goes, oh, what are you doing back there? It feels cold. And she goes... New ports are a bit tight. I don't want to hurt you. I'm like, oh, that's dirty. <laughs> Again, very rapey. Mm-hmm. And then there's this really strange conversation where Pykele is like, why don't bioports get infected? I mean, they go, they're an opening right into your body. And then she kind of laughs and goes like, really, Pykele? And opens her mouth like, oh, okay. Like that I'm explains s- everything. 
Sorry, infections happen in the mouth all the time. That's the yeah, same I thing would, I thought. Yeah. I was confused there. I was like, I don't get it. Excuse me. Excuse I'm going to get dirty here, guys. I go, mm-hmm. Openings mm-hmm. into the body. A fucking yeast infection. What is it? Yeah. It's an infection. Yeah. <laughs> Literally every opening into the body can get an infection. <laughs> like, what the but Ugh. Geller sets up the game pod and goes to turn it on, but suddenly it shorts out and begins smoking. She spazzes out, telling him that he must have panicked and neural surged and blew her pod. And when all all of that sounds dirty. This is where I got really angry at her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, first of all, you forced him to get this thing. Second of all, you're using your fucking pod for his first try. Uh-huh. Like this is where I would have gotten some random pod just to see if it is bioport worked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, but you're it, the stupid one. Don't blame him. It's all Pykel's fault. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> he he tells her she can just get a new pod. She flips out telling him that her pod has the only copy of Existence, a game system that costs 38 million to develop. And then she has this weird line where she goes, not including pre-release marketing costs. I'm like, what why why? Why was that line twat. there? Twat. She's <laughs> like, a fucking twat. But again, she, like why did they feel the need to say that she wanted him to know how much she wanted the audience to know how much more she spent (laughs) it's just so weird she then tells him that she's locked outside of her own game and it's all his fault (laughs) pikel insists that he's uh that he's not at fault that he didn't do anything suddenly gas pipes up while holding a shotgun on them saying yeah it's not his fault it's my fault and tells him not to use that bioport again admitting that he installed a faulty bioport he tells him that Allegra is worth a lot of money dead. Five million to be exact. She tries telling or tries reasoning with Gas, saying, haven't you seen the movies? They won't pay up. Even if you kill me, they're not going to pay. But Gas isn't buying it and cocks the gun anyway. Suddenly, blam, he gets a bioport shot in his neck. Bye-bye, Gas. <laughs> we pan up to see Pykel holding the installation gun behind Gas. He looks horrified. Cut to Pykel and Allegra in the car. Michael comments that Gas is going to kill her, that he did what he had to do. And, she, and he goes, that's the second person that tried to kill you in one day. He says, Allegra, we need help. She goes, you're right. I need to get this pod fixed. End of act one. What are you guys thinking? Oh, the boy. The whole fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, your bioport's dead. Okay, sorry. Movie's over. But, you know, sorry. Oh. Can't do anything. We can't do anything about this 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 fleshy pod thing you're carrying around in a ski boot yeah (laughs) it took me forever to realize what the fuck she was carrying i was like oh that's a ski boot it was hip guys it was the late 90s she was trying to be hip i mean did you see her hair too like it's got that 90s curl Mm -hmm. like they were trying to call all the you know mandy moore wannabes into the into the cinemas is (laughs) what they were trying to do I don't think Mandy Moore wannabes go to see Cronenberg. No, they don't. They <laughs> absolutely do not. They go to see Mandy Moore. Exactly. Uh, be like the president's daughter on a date or something. I don't know. Was that one of her movies? I don't know. I, damned if I know. I'm just I'm just saying it's probably what it was. I mean, <laughs> I thought the video game tech and brain scan brain scan was bad, but holy but Jesus, this is weird. <laughs> like the tech in this is like, what how does any of this work? I don't get it. 
Well, go see. No, see what it is. It's a. It's like. It's like your phone. All right, and you got the USB port in your back. That's all. Yeah. And then your. Your. Oh no, I'm sorry. You're like the. It's like the HDMI cable, and you're just hooking it up to your television so you can watch what you want on your phone on your television. That's all it is. <laughs> but there was so many weird moments where it's like, okay, do they have to be? like in a weird sleep state to play the game. Cause there's some moments where their eyes are closed, but they're still talking like they're in the game, but they're talking in reality. And then there's other times where they're playing like, like Ted has his eyes open and then suddenly he's seeing the game world. Like, how does it work? It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing doesn't make any fucking sense. The whole thing doesn't make any fucking sense. See, and this is one of the, those cardinal movie sins that drives me crazy. If you are going to create an unbelievable reality, at least follow the your own rules that you set up within that reality. Don't constantly change them from scene to scene. I yeah, hate that. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> I love the fact, and this is going back to that infection thing, and it's not, but I love the fact that... That, oh, no, no, your bioport can't get infected, yet he is constantly infected with bioports. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but so we kick off act two. Pykel and Geller arrive at a ski resort the next morning that is actually the home of some fellow game developers. I if love he... I love he makes the comment. Well, what if anyone wants to come skiing? It's fucking springtime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, come on, Pykel. People don't actually go skiing anymore. <laughs> it's like, all right. It's but fucking we... spring time. No one's going skiing. In the spring. Yeah. But we see this the weird CGI monster again, and Pykel points it out, thinking it's a bug. And Geller tells him it's a mutant amphibian, a frog salamander lizard thing. It's a sign of the times. Okay. <laughs> so we meet Geller's friends, Kiri Vinker. And Landry. Uh, Kiri welcomes Allegra and asks if the rumors he's heard about her are true, asking if she's really in danger. She tells him that they are and there's that there's already been two attempts on her life. Kiri begs her to let him contact Antenna and get a security detail down there for her. She tells him that she's not sure she can completely trust anyone at Antenna, so that's not an option. Kiri tells her that they can hide out in one of the guest chalets for as long as they need. She then tells him that she needs help making sure that she doesn't lose her pod. Smash cut to them uh, surgically altering her game pod. It just, it's this like fleshy mass of goop. And Michael comments that it looks like an animal, like they're operating on someone's pet dog. I love Kiri. He's like, you see, Landry, I told you we're glorified veterinarians. <laughs> and Kiri explains that the pod is basically an animal that it's grown from mutated amphibian eggs stuffed with synthetic DNA that only antenna has the ability to make. So it's like, okay, it, like it, if they have the, the only, if they're, if they're the only ones with the ability to make it, why are there two game developers that work for antenna hiding out in a fucking ski chalet, like <laughs> working on game pods? Like, wouldn't you be in a factory somewhere? It's just weird. It's not the most sterile environment to be, Developing flesh-like pods. I'm just sorry. <laughs> right. It, it's it's a little strange. This is supposed to be flesh with hu with with working innards like a human being. Mm -hmm. And they're you just like at least be in a hospital. You know. would think like some kind of <laughs> sterile environment. But they finish up with the pod and and then they take Pykel's port port out and put in a fresh one. 
Smash cut to Pykele and Geller in the chalet by themselves. Geller is poking around on Pykele's bioport. He Consent! Can... Consent before you figure somebody's jackhole! Consent! <laughs> well, that's the thing. He complains that it hurts, and he thinks it's infected. There's the infection thing again. And she tells him it's not infected. It's just excited and wants action. She then licks her finger and crams it into his port. And I have the note here. Excuse me, ma'am, but consent is a thing. <sighs> but yeah, she just starts fingering his port. Michael gets mad, yanking her hands away, saying, maybe I don't want any action. The bearer of the excited bio port. I'm like, this whole thing is way too sexual. Yeah, yeah like this is this is definitely a, taking the wrong turn. Like, yeah. This is this is literally like she's one step away from drugging him and just yeah, doing it. This is date. This is date rape. Like, yeah, this, it's not OK. But Geller once again reminds him that she needs to play existence with someone friendly to make sure everything is OK. Michael reluctantly agrees. Geller licks the plug and crams it into his port. I was like, that's rude. <laughs> again, again, it's just it's a dirty porn. It's just a dirty porn. It is. It so is. But the two load into the game and suddenly find themselves in a video game store surrounded by people. Um, it's an emporium. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's, it's <laughs> always an emporium. <laughs> D- Darcy Nader's video game emporium. <laughs> Pykel P- can't believe how real it all feels. Now, I, I got to comment. There's an ad for a Chinese restaurant. That'll be important, <laughs> important later. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> no, I think that was supposed to be a, a game. Like, it literally was like a game. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. more sense. I'm the like, Chinese why is restaurant this... game? Can you survive or so? I think that was just what I was reading. Okay. About. Yeah. No, you know what? After you say that, that makes a lot more sense. Say, the... Wait, wait. Yes. Chinese restaurant. Will you make it out alive? That's literally what it says. <laughs> I was just like, why was there a Chinese restaurant ad in a video game store? But you know what? That could talk about any Chinese restaurant, like not just a video game one. <laughs> Can you make it out alive? Can you make it out of this Chinese restaurant alive? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but he asks Geller what the point of the game is, and she tells him, you have to play the game to find out why you're playing the game. And I'm like, wait, what? Didn't you fucking design the game? Yeah. If you designed it, then you would know what it's about. Like, I don't. What? <laughs> so that you know what? It's very much the metaverse. My cat just fell off the the, the desk. <laughs> okay, babe. Yeah, he's okay. Uh, it's very much the metaverse where you all go and chit chat with one another. You know, with other players. Don't you get it? That's basically what it is. Only it with, is with uh, you know, dialogue that you have to use in order to progress. So it has like video gamey moments, like video game tropes. So it just it doesn't make any damn sense. But the two look at some mini pods created by cortical systems and are approached by an NPC, Darcy Nader. He asks if they if he could help them. Geller tells them that they're just looking. He pauses for a moment and tells them that he has what they're looking for. Cut to the three of them in, a, in the back room of the shop. Nader asks who sent them and Pykele snaps saying, we're here now and that's all that matters. He then looks scared and tells Geller he didn't mean to say that. She explains that it's his game character, that certain things need to be said in game to establish the characters and move the plot forward. He looks at Nader, who is just idling in a game loop, waiting for the correct line of dialogue to move forward. Pykele addresses him and repeats, we're here, Darcy Nader. That's all that matters. Nader then, you know, he stops and he agrees and says, indeed, that is all that matters and gives them two micropods 
saying these are to install your new identities. He then leaves them to do what they're going to do. <laughs> Geller and Peichel check each other's ports and comment that they look different in the game, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Nader... I th- oh, good. I think, I think ports is meant to be something else. Mm-hmm. Also, we got a comment that Nader speaks really fucking weird. He's like, you got to be careful. And it's an empowering. Yeah, I, I was wondering, is that on purpose or? I well, think the so. accent he gives, like part at of the, the end, at the end of the movie, is even worse. <laughs> True, and I mean, I know this guy actually does have a pretty thick accent because in other movies he has an accent, um, but it's really all over the place in this. And it, it reminded me of the South Park thing. I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> Like he's like video game Imperia. It just sounded weird. So Nader takes off and Geller immediately critiques him, saying that he's not a very well thought out character. And I'm like, again, didn't you make the game? Like, what the hell? So they open the mini pods. Geller lubes up Pykel's port with the chapstick and then <laughs> plugs the pod in. And the entire thing sucks up into his back and disappears. I'm sorry. I, that No. No, I don't want a game that goes into me. I'm sorry. Yep. I don't mind the port thing, but I don't want the whole thing going in. Well, especially because it's alive. Yeah. It's like I agree with 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 Pykel here. Is that his name, Pykel? Yeah. I agree. Like, oh, is it going around in my spine? Is it going up to my brain? Yeah, it is. This suddenly feels very much like the Richard Gere hamster story. Like, I'm just saying, you know. The little critter went up inside. It's like, "Ah." but I I love Geller's reaction, though. She seems all excited about it and tells him that, you know, it's just in the game. Like, you know, you're going to be fine. And he's like, do you want me to do you? She's like, oh, hell yeah. Like She gets so excited. (laughs) So he lubes up her port and sticks the controller in and it sucks up into her back. He Uh, he wants to stick his dick in that port. He wants to stick his dick in that port. No, not true, because he (laughs) tongue fucks the port. Yeah, but he wants to stick his dick in that port. (laughs) (laughs) Because he, yeah, after the the thing disappears, he just starts tongue fucking the port and apologizes, saying, that wasn't me. That was my character. I I would never do that, at least not here. Fuck you. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Yes, you do. You fucking want to stick your dick in that port. And you know it, and that's the one thing. This is why we can't have this because you know that would happen. Oh, you know, yeah, I you know. Think... Two guys are just gonna get together and be like, "Dude, what's it feel like to stick your dick in the port?" I don't uh-huh. know. Let's find out. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm gonna have to tell you off the air, but I have a very disturbing story from the hospital. And um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be some weird circle jerk. I'm just telling you that right now. Oh, it would, it would be, <laughs> it would be a port train. Yeah. A port train. <laughs> A whole, a whole new re, re, meaning of Amtrak right there. Right. Uh, exactly. The Ramtrak. There the Ram oh, track. There you go. <laughs> uh, oh, God. But so Geller starts making out with him, telling him that it's their characters. They're supposed to do this to heighten emotional tension for the next game sequence. So there's no use fighting it. Michael begins to spaz wanting to know if their bodies are okay. She assures him that they're perfectly safe back in the chalet and that if there are any problems, they would just pop out of the game instantly. Pykel goes with it, and the two start to make out. Smash cut to Pykel in a factory holding a mutant frog in the next game sequence. 
Oh, hold on, I want to I want to just jump back real quick. Uh, <laughs> real, uh, real quick. Back to the Ram track. Back back <laughs> to the Ram track. Um, but like, so he sticks his tongue into the bioport, mm-hmm. and she freaks out. She freaks out. She's like, "What is that, bitch? Mm-hmm. You've been violating his bioport this whole fucking movie, <laughs> and now you're gonna fucking freak out? No." She's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm I'm the pitcher, not the catcher. I'm the pitcher, not the catcher. No. You freak out because he gets sticks a fucking tongue. You fucking stuck your damn finger in his port. <laughs> Guys, just fucking go, you know, never mind. Never mind. All right. Back 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 to back to the mutant frog. Back to the mutant frog. So he looks down at his name tag and sees that his new identity is Larry Ashen, an employee of the trout farm. The man next to him says, trying to remember who you are, and looks down at his own badge and says, hey, I must be uh, Yevgeny Nourish, and asks if he's new to the trout farm. Michael tells him he's very new, and Yevgeny explains that the place used to be a trout farm, and and even though it still looks that way from the outside, it's actually a factory for making game pods. Michael's character immediately slices open a mutant frog and pulls out pod bits from its belly. Yevgeny comments, you may be new, but you seem to know what you're doing. Michael tells him, believe me, it's a, it's, it's, uh, it's more of a surprise to me than you, uh, than it is to you. And Yevgeny repeats himself. So Michael realizes he's waiting for the correct dialogue. Michael responds with, I've been trained by the very best to which Yevgeny says, as have I, my friend. And then asks him where he's going to have lunch. <laughs> Seems fucking random. Michael tells him he has no lunch plans, and Yevgeny tells him to go to the Chinese restaurant in the forest and get the special, and don't take no for an answer. Michael doesn't bother to question it and just tells him I'll do that. Just then, another employee wheels a cart of parts over to Michael, telling him to take it to the back, explaining they've asked for him specifically. Michael heads to the back, delivering parts along the way uh, to people working in, like, little pod bays, and he finally finds Allegra with her new identity, Barb Brecken. She says to him, I saw you made contact, Larry Ashen. What did the guy on the assembly line say to you? Michael starts commenting on the trout farm, talking about how grotesque and dirty it all is. Barb sets down the pod part she's holding, then picks it back up and repeats, I saw you make contact, Larry Ashen. What did the guy on the assembly line say to you? Michael's face drops as he realizes she may be an NPC and tells her he told me where to have lunch. Barb smiles. This entire NPC question with her doesn't make any fucking sense it because they drop it almost immediately so it's like what was the point of that like was it just to like confuse the audience for a moment i i don't i don't get the point yeah so i i i, I said the same thing i'm like it would have been different if she did it again right but she doesn't yeah it's just that one sequence and that's it it's it's, it's so weird but <laughs> We see Michael and Barb headed to the Chinese restaurant along with a bunch of other employees from the trout farm. Cut inside to them sitting at a table with a bunch of other people. The waiter comes over and tells them all about the sea bass. <laughs> he's like, can I bring it all for or can I bring the sea bass for you? And he's like, no, we want the special. The waiter tells him that the special is only for special occasions. So Michael tells him it's Barb's birthday, to which the waiter agrees that that is a special occasion. And therefore, he will bring the special for everyone. It's like, wait a second. What? Why? Why? I mean, if it's just her birthday, why does everyone in the in the place get the special? Doesn't make sense. Everyone didn't want the special, though. Exactly. 
They're like, oh, fuck that shit. Yeah, they get up and leave. We've seen the, we've seen the fucking special. <laughs> fuck no. So all of the other NPCs leave the table, leaving Pykel and Barb alone. Pykel comments, I guess the special isn't very popular. And Barb smiles and says, I guess not. Her entire tone has changed back to Geller. So, yeah, like, what was the whole point of that thing? Like, it doesn't, uh, it, it irritated the hell out of me on both watches. Right. It, it, for me, like, the first time, like, you see that when it happens, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, maybe she's stuck in another game, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing, because they both got different pods. Yep. Can't, can't figure out their, but then, like, they drop it. Like, yeah. I, I seriously thought, like, this was just going to be like an NPC of someone that looked like Allegra. And then we like we were going to have to figure out, like, you know, how to get her back. But no, it's just the, the, the one moment. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so Pykel tells Geller he wants to pause the game and she questions <laughs> why. I'm sorry. I, this is my favorite part of the movie. Because I wish I could have done it several times to this movie. <laughs> 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 go for it go. he goes can we can pause the game right she's like he goes all games can be paused she goes yeah but aren't you dying to see what's so special about the pe- the special he tells her he's feeling a bit disconnected from reality that he feels there's a bit of a psychosis with the entire thing she tells him that that's great it means his nervous system is fully integrated with the game's architecture he just stands up and goes existence is paused <laughs> <laughs> and his character drops face first into the table. Oh, that's the best part of the movie. <laughs> the way he drops is priceless. It really Unless is fucking he funny. Up and just yells. Oh, <laughs> because <laughs> uh, at this point on my rewatch, I have already paused this movie like three times. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I'm so, I can't do it anymore. And that's all I wanted to do. It's like existence is paused. And then just drop. And just drop. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but Michael wakes up in the chalet and looks around. He tells Geller that nothing feels real. He feels unsure of what reality is and what isn't. He's beginning to feel like she's a game character. She tells him that she definitely isn't and kisses him. She goes on to say that they're fine. They're safe. Nothing is happening. So they should go back to the restaurant. Michael looks around, agrees, unpauses the game, and they're back in the restaurant. The special is brought to the table, and it's a big old pile of cooked mutant amphibians, including the weird <laughs> little CGI monster from before. <laughs> Pykel and Geller look at it like they're going to be sick, and Pykel comments, I think I've lost my appetite, to which the Chinese waiter says, oh, a shame. Mutant amphibians and reptiles provide new and previously unimagined taste sensations. It's such a weird line of dialogue. It's so strange. I mean, he's probably not <clears throat> wrong, though. <laughs> I don't know. That shit looked like it was all fat and bone. <laughs> like, it was like slimy was, skin and fat and bones. You know what? To make a callback, it was mm. all squishy. <laughs> <laughs> it was very squishy looking. It was, it was all squishy. It's squishy. <laughs> God. He... He asks if uh, he should clear it away, and Geller tells him, no, 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 we're happy. And the waiter tells them, very good, enjoy, and leaves them. Michael stares at the platter and just begins to dig in, much to the disgust of himself and Geller. She explains it's a genuine game urge and not to fight it. 
saying that it's something his character is born to do. Slowly, Pykele cleans the bones of the weird mutant creatures and begins to construct the bones into the bone gun from the beginning of the film. He then pops a dental bridge out of his mouth and loads the gun. She asks him if the bridge was if he has that bridge in real life, and he tells her, no, my teeth are perfect. This is just in the game. Pykele finishes the gun, cocks it, points it at Geller, and says, death to the demoness Allegra Geller. She looks scared and tells him that's not funny. To which he goes, oh, sorry about that. Like, again, the, the, ooh, sorry. Like, I was dying. He then tells her that he has to kill someone there in the restaurant. She asks him who, and he goes, I think I have to kill our waiter. And she goes, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, does it? Does it really? How does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, why? Why has it got to be the waiter? What, 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 what purpose does that serve to the game? I don't get it. Is, is it because he's the only person you've talked to in that, in that whole restaurant? Right, yeah, it's, it's an interactive NPC, so that must be the target. Like, ugh. If you play an actual fucking video game, you would go table to table and see mm-hmm. if you can interact with somebody else. Exactly. Damn it! You'd be just hitting the B button, seeing, okay, does anyone interact with me? Yeah. <laughs> but Geller calls the waiter over. Pykele tries to protest, saying the game feels too real, and he doesn't think he'll be able to do it. She tells him he won't have a choice to so just try to enjoy it. And he goes, free will isn't really a factor in this little world of ours, is it? Is it? And she goes, it's just like real life. There's just enough to keep it interesting. Like, womp womp. <laughs> so the waiter comes over asking how he can help. Pykele points the gun at him saying, I found this in my soup and I'm very upset. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. Jeez, oh, It's terrible. He, he then shoots the waiter in the face. The waiter grabs a cleaver from his belt while screaming and slashes the tip of the gun off, causing it to bleed. Geller throws hot soup in his face, and Pykele shoots him again, killing him. He drops the now bloody gun to the floor as the entire place watches them. A shaggy dog... Oh, good. Okay, go ahead. ahead. A shaggy dog comes over and takes the gun, which that is going to be a a running theme for a little while. Uh, But they then announce to the room, everything is fine. All good. (laughs) We, we just had a disagreement over the check. Pay no attention and enjoy your meal. And they oh, did. Yeah. 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 It was enough for all the NPCs because they're like, all right, fuck it. Go back to our meal. They look Where over. Where if and, it was a real game, at least three people would have been cowering under a table going. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> and everybody else would have been after after like five minutes, they would have reset. And a but, bunch yeah. and a bunch of people from the kitchen would have run out to fight them. Yeah. <laughs> But they look over and see Evgeny standing in the kitchen, waving them over. They head they head over to him and he asks, did you enjoy the meal I prepared for you? He goes on to tell him that they passed their test with flying colors. Geller asks why the waiter had to die. And he tells her that waiters hear things. When people are relaxed, they ta- they tend to talk too much. He He knew far too much, which was a danger for us. He tells them to follow him and they head out back to where we see the mutant breeding pools. And he explains that originally they were breeding the creatures to harvest their nervous systems for game pods. But then they found out that they were quite tasty and opened a restaurant. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they look delicious. Mm. He, he tells them that they also began creating undetectable hypoallergenic weapons from the creatures right under the noses of their enemies. I'm sorry, hypoallergenic weapons? That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you know, because they don't want to get infected. I, See? I, I'm sorry. Maybe I don't know enough about guns. I didn't realize there were some that triggers people's allergies. Like well, I, I, you know, you know how, like, there's some rings that, like, you, you, you have to get, like, oh, sterling yeah. silver and all yeah. that. That's, that's, so that's why they're made out of bones. So some, who's some, gonna be... gun, some gun metal will give you a sinus infection? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how, like, some people just, like, see gunpowder and want to snort it? You know, that's exactly what it is. I should oh. not have been taking a drink of my coffee. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god snorting gunpowder <laughs> i just for some reason pictured yosemite sam doing that <laughs> oh, oh you're buggered tarnation <laughs> oh lord he gets so revved up yeah that's true <laughs> but you he tell- same with the roadrunner <laughs> yeah i think the roadrunner is just straight up meth <laughs> <laughs> but Yevgeny tells them, speaking of enemies, we need you to go back to work at Cortical Systematics. We need as many agents there as possible. He explains that one day they will destroy the trout farm and all of the game pods within. He tells them that he he goes, I love you now that you've proven yourselves to be allies and true realists. He then hugs them and says, we'll be in touch and leaves. (laughs) Cut to Michael and Geller back in the game store from earlier. I'm sorry, game emporium from earlier. They ask the man at the counter to speak with Darcy Nader. He doesn't answer, but instead just stands there clicking his pen. See, now this is what doesn't make sense. Because the the game Emporium is when before they got those mini pods. Mm-hmm. So why are they back in the game Emporium? Well, because they had to go back undercover to Cortical Systematics. So they got to go talk to Darcy again because he was their he was their lead. He was their lead in. It, just, it still doesn't make any sense. No, oh, it ab- makes any sense. It absolutely doesn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> those so, are those are those are the other game. That's the that's the game in the game, not the game in the game in the game. But it's the right. game in the game. Exactly. <laughs> it's only two levels into the gameception. Do, do you hear Poe? Do you hear Poe? Poe's <laughs> arguing this too right now. He's he's, he's mad. He's not happy. He's like bark bark bark. I didn't get a gun bone. Bark bark bark. <laughs> So, Michael reads the name tag and says, Hugo Carla, is Darcy Nader here? Hugo then takes uh, takes him to the back room where we see Darcy laying dead with one of the game cords wrapped around his neck. (laughs) Hugo looks distraught and points at them angrily. I like how he double points. He points, he stops, and then he points again. (laughs) And then he yanks the remains of the bone gun out of the box, telling them, you shouldn't have killed the Chinese waiter. He comments, his dog brought me this. So the dog brought him the gun. All right. Michael asks Hugo why. And he goes, he was your contact at the trout farm. He goes on to explain that Yevgeny is actually a double agent working for cortical systems along with Darcy Nader to help bring down the realist underground and doing a pretty good job of it, considering he got them to kill their real contact. He then sends them back to the trout farm, explaining that the realists need to take down Yevgeny. This whole thing is fucking convoluted as hell. Yeah, because because it doesn't because you're not in the game. You're in the game game, but you're not in the game game game. Right. And this <laughs> is too where, many games. This is where Act Two ends. What do you What are you guys thinking here? <laughs> uh, I I can't think at this point. 
Are we in the podcast or are we in the podcast of the podcast of the podcast? We're actually you doing know how the pod- like- we're in the podcast within the podcast. I'm actually still sleeping. Okay. Okay. So so my jack off port, I should have a I have a little 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 slug worth thing in my in my <laughs> in my jack off port right now. You need to take the pink fleshlight and cram it into your bio port. <laughs> That's how you're gonna get to the real podcast. You know, I could have really made that real fucking dirty. <laughs> um, uh, how do you know about my personal life like that? <laughs> well, because you're you're not really in the real podcast. You're in the podcast of the podcast. Oh, I'm in the podcast of the podcast. Okay, that's yeah. right. I'm not the podcast of the podcast in the podcast. This is actually podcast dialogue that has to be said in order to progress the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just the after show of the podcast that's hosted by Chris Hardwick. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, my God. So by this point, I have actually probably checked out. <laughs> like, I'm going to yeah. tell you my notes, like, slowed the fuck down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> same. I'm like, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, what's on? What's what's going on in Facebook? Oh, fucking nothing. All right. What's <laughs> going on in Instagram? Oh, fucking nothing. You know? Yeah. Oh, look, I've got to play this game. All right. And if I, I had, um, I'm just, I'm sitting here going, mm, let's go. Oh, Netflix is removing, you know, Arrested Development this week. Maybe I should be watching that instead. <laughs> See, I was doing that thing where I was checking the time step going, fuck, I still got 24 minutes. Okay. Oh. And then I was like, wait, 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 about three minutes have to be credits. Okay. So I really got 21 minutes. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> oh. But this whole middle section felt confusing for the, for the sole purpose of being confusing. I feel like at this point they were like, we just want our audience to be asking what the fuck is going on. We'll explain it, but we just want you to be really confused for a while. Because it, it, none of it made any cohesive sense. Like, even trying to follow the logic that they laid down in the film still doesn't make sense. No, because they're not in the game. They're in the game game, but they're supposed to be in the game game game. <laughs> but see, that's that's the thing I was talking about uh, earlier. At least follow your own fucking rules. Exactly. <laughs> I hate it. But Act Three opens where we we, we uh, have Pykel and Geller going back to into the trout farm. The entire time, Pykel is just bitching that he hates it there and wants out. Geller reminds him that it's only a game. She she heads to or they head to her assembly bay at the farm, looking for something that Hugo told them would be there. They find Geller's game pod, but it looks diseased and grotesque. She tells him that she has an urge to pour it into it and grabs a cord. Of course he she does. Of course she has it. Her, yeah. Because it's a fucking game pod. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to pour it into it. I, I got to pour it into that. Yeah. <laughs> he helps. Pour it in with me. Come on. Come on. <laughs> he helps to hook her up and the infection takes hold. Now, I feel like I missed something here. So, because yeah. because Pykel says, how long did Hugo say the infection would take? And she goes, it would be almost instantaneous. So the plan was to upload a disease to the pod and spread it to the other game pods. How? I yeah, I I don't I don't get that either because because they don't even like I don't even they don't even go out and 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 explore the little game pods. Right. Remember, there's still a little game pod in their back. That, and that they're, one they're, doesn't get in, infected. And they're then, also from cortical systematics. So yeah. What? It, it's, uh, By the way, is that spelled with like a capital C and a capital D? A capital R and a capital. No, it's, it's, 
<laughs> they didn't show that at least. Um, but Geller turns the pod on and immediately tells Pykel something is wrong. He tries to unplug her and she tells him to stop that it's too painful. So he decides to cut her free because, you know, that seems safe. So he grabs a dirty knife from the table and slashes the cord, which begins to bleed everywhere. Geller tells him that she's bleeding to death and he tries desperately to stop the blood flow from the cord, but can't. He tells me, he's like, I, I don't know what to do. Suddenly, Evgeny pops up with a flamethrower like, hello, cousin Larry. And, <laughs> <laughs> and takes the flamethrower and burns the diseased pod while yelling death to realism. The pod burns and then bursts, releasing spores into the air. And I love the way he reacts because he's like, oh, spores. No, no. <laughs> Deadly spores. Oh, no. Oh, well, it's very, it's very um, the room. Yeah, That's exactly. Where, yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, yes. hi, Ma. Oh, hi, spores. <laughs> oh, no, I did not hit her. She's a liar. Hi, Mark. <laughs> I did not say that. I did not. <laughs> While he's but just... I love, I love, I love how all the people are like, "Oh, we got to cover up our shit." Here's the smallest napkin I can find. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a dirty napkin. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just like these black ash like falling from the sky that they're like, "Oh no, spores." <laughs> and while uh, Yevgeny is distracted, Geller grabs the knife and stabs him in the back. And he flails around a bit saying, death to the demoness, and then points the flamethrower at her. And it's just like, eh, I'm dead now. Blah. It falls over. <laughs> like, he just gives up. Oh, bye, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Cousin Larry. But his flamethrower lights some nearby hay bales on fire, causing the entire building to begin burning. And the alar and alarm sounds. Pykel comments, I think we just lost the game. And then suddenly the landscape around them begins to change. And he goes, or maybe not. Then, bam, they're back in the chalet. Geller is muttering to herself, uh, or I'm sorry, muttering to Pykel that they brought it back with them. He doesn't understand what she means. And she says the disease. We brought the disease back from existence. My pod is diseased. <laughs> they disconnect from the pod. And she tells him that her pod was infected with a spore, that they're susceptible to spore infections. <laughs> she grabs a syringe from her bag injects an antidote in the, into the pod and begins to massage it, saying that if she catches it in time, it might work. She notices Pykel scratching his port. <laughs> Keller's like, let me see your port. He shows her and it's infected. Yeah, what? What? I right? thought they couldn't get fucking infected. Well, <laughs> keep in mind, she says right here, that Vinker double crossed them and put an infected port into Pykel. So it didn't yeah. it didn't get infected. They infected it and then installed it. It's still infected. All right. Yeah, it's exactly. still infected. But it's a man-made infection. Yeah. No, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it's you so kept saying, the points can't get infected. Yeah, fuck you. Now go stick your dick in it. Because that's what you want to do. <laughs> But see, here's the thing that doesn't make any damn sense to me. She says that Vinker double-crossed them and put an infected port into Pykel so the pod would become infected. He rebuilt the pod. Why not yeah. just infect the pod then? Yeah. Like, why go through all the extra steps? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So Pykel freaks out wanting to know if he's going to die. And Keller takes this weird little plug. It, it was like a jock itch glade plug-in and shoves it into his back. 
and tells them that the, the antibiotics in there will clear up the spore infection. I was going to say, I've seen plugs like that before, but they don't detach like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it even had a flared base, just saying. It did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is smart. Smart people exactly. always have a flared base. Flared bases only. <laughs> she... She tells them the pod was trying to warn them by introducing the theme of disease into the game. They then helplessly watch as the pod begins to die. Suddenly, oh, explosions! So... <laughs> Such a bullshit theory. Oh, it was, it was trying to tell us it was sick. Like, oh, <laughs> all right, whatever. Michael and Geller are thrown back as the windows to the chalet explode out. Then Hugo comes running in, dressed like a freedom fighter, yelling, The uprising has begun! The world is in flames! Let's go! Like, it was that bad, too. It's like, let's go! <laughs> Michael is confused, commenting that Hugo is a game character, so how can he be here? Hugo tells them to leave the pod. Geller protests, and Hugo shoots the fuck out of it, destroying the pod as Geller screams in horror. Michael grabs her and tells her that he thinks they're still in the game, that the pod wasn't real. They need to move. Outside, we hear more explosions and gunfire. A Molotov cocktail comes flying through the window and sets the room on fire, so they have no choice but to run outside. <laughs> Hugo leads the way away from the chalet, shooting at random people in the distance. And again, it's so badly acted because he's like, this way, follow me. Let's go up here. You can see <laughs> everything go from here. <laughs> go up the smallest hill possible. All right. <laughs> Look at everything from up here. What? It's three people burning shit. That's Great. all that's going on. There's nothing else going on. It's, it's so literally an, an obvious firework explosion in the back. Right. And then, and then one guy shooting and another one burning other buildings. Like, that's yeah. literally fucking it. It's so bizarre. And, but the one thing we do have to comment, the entire time, Geller is holding, like, a little blue tube in her hand. Um, which that's going to be important in a minute. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they look around at the carnage and Pikel asks what's happening. And Hugo tells him the victory of realism and they were part of it. Geller comments the death of existence and we were part of it. Or I'm sorry, existence. And we were part of it. Uh, Hugh Hugo tells them there's one more thing. And he points the gun at Geller, telling her that she has to die. Pikel protests saying, but we're on your side. And, <laughs> Hugo's like, how could the game designer be on our side? And then suddenly he's shot from behind and falls over dead. We see Kiri Vinker, Vinker run over with holding the bone gun and decides to shoot Hugo a couple more times for good measure. I love how he does run in, though. He's like, oh, hello, 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 hello. Hold on. He's bang. Hello. He's, and he's flailing his arms. Yeah. But he then comments. He's like, oh, my dog brought me this. So it's like, okay, that's weird. That, you know, Hugo said the same thing in the game store, Game Emporium. <laughs> but Geller yells at Vinker, telling him that he murdered her game. He murdered her pod. And he goes, no, your game is healthy and happy. I only murdered your pod, not your game. He explains that he replicated the pod's entire system, including existence. He then begs her to come with him to cortical systematics, telling her that all the top brass from Antenna are defecting. He tells her that if she wants to see her game again, she'll come with him. Geller calmly bends down, picks up Hugo's gun, and shoots Vinker dead. <laughs> Michael protests, saying she just killed a man. She goes, oh, he was only a game character, and he was pissing me off. 
And he goes, but what if we're not in the game? If we're not in the game, you killed someone for real. Geller looks confused, but laughs it off saying, no, 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 we're still in the game. Pikel asks if she plans to kill him next and grabs the gun from her. He says it was no accident that we ended up on the run together. Geller realizes he's one of them saying, that's why you never had a bioport installed. You're one of them. And uh, she goes, so why did you agree to get the port installed in the first place? And he says, to get close to you, to understand who I had to kill. She smiles, twists the top of the little blue tube, which creates a plunger. She then tells him that she knew he was the real assassin ever since he pointed the gun at her in the restaurant. And now he's dead. He holds up the gun. She hits the plunger and his back explodes. Such fucking bullshit. If he was supposed to be the killer, there were two people literally right there who were about to kill her. Mm-hmm. It, it none of it makes sense. No, she didn't know he was going to be the the turncoat, right? Doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense at all. If why was he being like, oh, don't, but why would you kill us? Why would you ki-? like fuck? Just let him kill her. You're that's the way. No, fuck you. All right. Yep. All right. Fuck. Let's just fuck with it. Let's just, let's just fuck with everyone in the last minute of this scene. <laughs> right. And they do comment on it, but Ugh. so it's like he Ted falls over dead, and she yells, "Death to the demon, Ted Pikeall!" And then she looks around expectantly and goes, "Have I won? Hello?" <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, she has a weird blue plastic crown thing on her head and a strange blue controller on her wrist. And then suddenly we're back in the church where we see the whole group of people wearing those weird devices. All of the people from the rest of the film are there. Doctor Who, Gas, the Chinese waiter, Hugo. They're all there testing the real game designed by Evgeny Nourish. The game is called Transcendence, capital C, capital Z, by Pilgrimage, capital P, capital I. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Exactly. That's how I am at this point in the movie. Just fuck off. Yep. One of them makes one of them makes a comment going, "Well, I sucked." I was like, "You all fucking sucked." Because Hugo's like, "I feel like there were uh, a lot of twists and turns at the end. There, it was really hard to keep track of what was happening. It made my head spin." I'm like, "Yeah, mine too." Yeah. (laughs) It's like, and then he's like, "I sucked, but you guys were great." So they they discuss and critique the game, what they liked, what they didn't like. Uh, Evgeny and Merrill or Merrill tells them that uh, bleh, tells the group that they'll all get certificates for participating. That allows them a huge discount on the game modules once they're released oh, publicly. Boy, thanks Zuckerberg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we cut to Evgeny talking to Merrill off by themselves. He tells her that he was very disturbed by the game they just played, saying that it had some very strong anti-game themes. It even started with an attempted murder of a game designer. Meryl like, kind of laughs it off. She's like, oh, that's interesting. And she's like, but I can see how that would disturb you. And she goes, if the theme wasn't introduced by you, was it introduced by one of the players? And he's like, I don't know. Let, let, let's find out in the, what do you say, like in the questionnaire or something like that. The, like, fo- basically, the focus group or something. Thank you. Yeah, the focus group. And then uh, we see Pykel talking to one of the staff members and thanking them for watching his dog while they played the game. It's the big shaggy dog from the Chinese restaurant. Did the, was the did the dog have one of those headsets on and was playing along with them? That's what I want to know. Well, I think no. they, they were adding things from their real life into the game, like the fact that you know 
Pykel and Geller actually had a relationship, so they actually had a relationship in the game as well. That type of a thing. Like that, I think that's where they were trying to get with, but it just didn't make sense. Yeah, they they've definitely tongued each other's bioports. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Pykel and Geller go over to talk to Yevgeny with their their dog in tow, and ask if they can ask a few questions away from the other gamers. He agrees and tells them, but no questionnaires. Michael tells them that they weren't sure before uh, before they played the game, but now after playing his game, they can say without a doubt that he's the world's best game artist. Geller asks, don't you think you should suffer for all the harm you've done and intend to do to the human race? Evgeny looks confused and Michael comments, yes, don't you think you should be punished for the most effective deforming of reality? Meryl gets nervous and goes to call for security, but they yank back some fake fur on the dog and see he's strapped with a gun belt. <laughs> Keller and Pykel pull guns from the dog and shoot Meryl and Yevgeny to death and scream, death to the, the demon Yevgeny Nourish, death to Pilgrim Oz, death to Transcendence. All death of to the, this movie. Right. <laughs> death, death to Transcendence, death, death to Capital C, death to Capital C. <laughs> death to an hour and a half of my time. But all of the other testers just watch in shock and horror. Geller and Pykel go to leave, and sitting by the door, we see the guy who was the Chinese waiter. They raise their guns at him, and he goes, no, 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 you don't have to kill me. Hey, tell me the truth. Are we still in the game? Black screen <laughs> credits the end. The worst part is they're leaving without the dog. That I fucking thought, poor dog. I thought the dog was right behind him. <laughs> no, no the they, dog they stays. Them. Oh, what dicks? I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah that's the worst thing of all that. You know what's really funny about this, though? Like, the whole dog thing? Right before I watched this for the show, somebody I know posted a meme on Facebook that showed, like, a pug wearing a gun belt, and it said, fun fact, there's no loss against a dog having an open carry. And I started laughing. I was like, that's kind of ridiculous that I saw that on Facebook, and here it is in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. So, final thoughts. I, 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 I do like Cronenberg but this is fucking weird even for him. And I also feel like everyone involved in this has never played a video game in their entire life because yeah. it doesn't make any fucking sense. No, I don't even think Cronenberg even knew what a video game was. I think, <laughs> like, he, he's like, I oh, is, is that where you rub up on fleshy nipples and get excited? Oh, you know how like they have this new VR shit that looks, that looks amazing, which back then did not at no. all. I mean, it still doesn't, but it's like, well, it looks, it some looks of it amazing. Looks pretty good. It looks amazing. And we could have a whole, what if it looked real? <laughs> yes, it looked real. And everybody, and everybody just wanted to fuck each other in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we have these flesh-like pod things that have nipples that you tweak. He's, he's very obsessed with like, connecting uh like weird synthetic flesh like grown technology he wants technology to be grown in a lab like biotechnology and having it injected into a person because i mean we see stuff like that in crimes of the future we see stuff like that he did that whole like viral art campaign called pod back in like i think like 2013 2014 somewhere around there um where it was like not only a, a, a like a traveling um, gallery show, but it was like this whole internet thing where there was fake videos and fake reviewers talking about Pod and how it like 
it's a, it was like a little creature that was grown in a lab that you connect to your nervous system that enhances your uh, your mood and like gets rid of depression and anxiety. It was like this whole weird viral thing he did. But he's obsessed with this idea. And it's kind of fucking creepy. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, it's not that I don't like the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Again, uh, it's, you it's, know I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You're grounded for a week. Um, <laughs> you're subject to go watch Hannah Montana all week. Go for it. Just, that's what you got to do. Yeah. No internet. No looking. No contacting Warner Herzog. <laughs> you can't do that. No, you can't go hang out with Werner. I feel like Werner and Cronenberg together. Yeah, I would say <laughs> Werner and 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 uh, Cronenberg together would be very strange. <laughs> I kind of want to see that happen now. Josh, but... Josh, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> what would they come up with? Oh man, so not a lot of trivia. Um, oh, thank fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I thought this was kind of funny that, that Jennifer Jason Lee had already finished shooting her role in Eyes Wide Shut when she took on this role. When her scenes in that movie required reshooting, the schedule required for uh, for it and interfered with this one. And uh, she chose to stay on this movie and her her role in Eyes Wide Shut was recast. So I to don't know. Honest. I yeah. feel like this was the better choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I mean, both of those films. <laughs> not good. They're both no, and they're both pretty creepy and pervy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, she just likes pervy films. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe the maybe movie she saw, was in. We all saw a single white female. Come on, we this all is, saw. This, yeah, this is true. And <laughs> even even in Fast Times, she was the the slutty friend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she just likes pervy films, like or pervy she roles. Was yeah. not the slutty friend. She was the naive friend. Phoebe Cates was the slutty friend. No, she wasn't. <laughs> yes, she was. You leave Phoebe Cates alone. Phoebe Cates was Phoebe the Cates one trying alone. to hoax her into learning how to do a blowjob and all that <laughs> shit. All right? Hey, hey, she hey. She was that. You, you leave Phoebe alone. Her, Chris, her Christmases have been ruined because her father died in the chimney <laughs> game. If I know anything about Judge Reinhold films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Excuse uh, me. Of course I know about Fast Times. It's got Nicolas Cage. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this I found kind of weird but interesting that uh, the two producers of the movie are Hungarian. And so it's not by chance that the X and the Z of the word in the word existence are capitalized since those letters together uh, are the Hungarian word Isten, which means God. So I was like, oh, fuck, that's kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> but um, David, Cro- this is David Cronenberg's first original screenplay since Videodrome, um, which is a far superior movie to this. <laughs> but um, and <laughs> apparently, so we're, I think we're on to something with Jennifer Jason Lee because she insisted on keeping one of the prop pods with her between filming to strengthen the maternal bond you see in the film. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure that's all it was. Yeah. She yeah. didn't want to play with her bioport. She wanted um. to be 
plug something in her jack-off port. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> she also took the pink phone. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and last but not least, I, I personally haven't watched Schitt's Creek, but the motel in this movie is the famous Rosebud Motel from Schitt's Thank Creek. you. I was sitting there going, is that Rosebud? Is that the Rosebud Motel? <laughs> I figured because I know several of our listeners like that show. It's been recommended to me multiple times. So, um, but yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I had a friend who was on that show, actually. Really? Yeah, she has no lines. She's like in one scene, and like Chris Chris Elliott just stares at her weird. <laughs> that <happens. laughs> That's cool. That's, she's trying to check into the motel, and they're all having a conversation, a really awkward conversation around her, and then she's <laughs> trying to she's just trying to check in. <laughs> nice. Uh, so before we get into our our closing, uh, you know, comments here, I know Don. I know you said you wanted to mention something about our upcoming film. Oh, that's right. Oh my god, I totally forgot. Oh my god, I have a little story because I won't be here for Silent Hill, mm-hmm. but I have a little Silent Hill story that I think everyone would find extremely funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as we all know, I used to work at a movie theater. Oh my god, whatever. Um. <laughs> So we used to like, quote unquote, tech the movies before they open. Mm-hmm. We had to watch them, you know. Kind of, yeah, we we purposely were watching them. Now oh, I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember because I know we weren't in the same theater, so I can't remember if we had like two prints of it, and I was watching one, and the other manager was watching another one with some of the employees. Okay. But but the movie like the movie ended and. We're trying to leave because it's like three in the morning, right? We don't want to stay there all night. But like the employees are down the hall and they're all like talking about the movie and blah, blah, blah. And how this part of the game was in the movie and blah, blah, and all that stuff. And like me and the other manager are like, come on, uh, we got, we want to go guys, hurry up, hurry up. And then we got this really great idea mm-hmm. because um, we could control the lights in the building at that point. Still. <laughs> <laughs> and we started, we started flicking them off one by one so it was that gush gush as it was just getting closer and closer (laughs) by the time we hit number three we heard screaming and then running and a door slamming (laughs) that's amazing and and the other manager are just standing in the kitchen laughing our asses off and they all come to the window like like looking at us to be like what the fuck is going on and we're just standing there laughing (laughs) That's all I wanted to say, guys. It's because oh they were so God. scared of after after watching Silent Hill. That we were like, I, yeah. I mean, to be fair, after see, I would have been a little freaked too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I played the games that they're one of the one of the few games that that have successfully scared me on almost every entry. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's it's one of my, it's one of my favorite moments ever at the Regal. It's just <laughs> hearing just hearing those screams. And then hear the running and then hear the door slam. <laughs> that is amazing. But that's, that's, that that's, I just wanted to bring that up because I won't be here for Silent Hill. Maybe. Who knows? Well, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. I'm sure the who, listeners do as well. Who knows? Maybe I'll show up. Who knows? That's how it works these days, people. This is true. This is true. But uh, yeah, so um, for let's, let's hop into our social media here to close okay. this off. So. As always, uh, if you're not following us, we have the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. And Maurice handles our Twitter. What is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's the 
Thank you very much. Uh, we do have a Patreon. It's uh, $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. Higher tiers get you stuff in the mail, uh, birthday episodes, like our recent Hell Baby episode. What? <laughs> what? That's crazy. That's Indeed. crazy. Birthday episode. I should, I should think of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, I should start now because that's how I work. I was going to say, it might, it might take a while to pick one. You know, I, you never I, know. I have, I have a couple ideas on the list already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. So if you like this podcast, you might like some of the other podcasts on the Rad Pantheon Network. So check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials. Um, and also, Don, once again, thank you very much for joining us. It's uh, been a crazy yes. month, so it was very nice to have both you yeah. and, and Mike jumping in and uh, helping right. us out with these. Right? Oh, yeah. Fuck. I was supposed to say how my middle name was Mike. Shit. <laughs> Su- Susie Mike. <laughs> Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, well. Oh, okay. Whatever. I missed that joke. Oh, damn. (laughs) Well, and as we as we discussed, uh, you know, we we are going to be taking a break soon uh, in April. Uh, But, you know, Don might be joining us again for uh, an episode in May. So, you know, look for that. It's of course I'll be here. It It just depends. It just depends. Well, we'll work it out. (laughs) Don will probably be here, guys. I will probably be here being all nonchalant, like just sitting back, not saying anything. And, you know, and and, and talking about a, a certain crispy slasher. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Crispy, crispy slasher. A yeah, crispy indeed. Slash- oh, yep, yep. Oh, I had to think about that for a second. Is that okay? I had to think <laughs> yeah. about that one for a second. So <laughs> I at- probably, I probably will be. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just going to go get my, my marionettes right now, actually. Hey. Exactly. Um, okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but as as already alluded to, our next episode for anyone wanting to watch it is episode one seventy six, Silent Hill. Uh, that's going to close out our month of video game horror. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> indubitably. You this, guys I, made it without doing Lawnmower Man again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadly, when we get to Stephen King month, I have a feeling that's going to be put on the list, um, because. <sighs> Some of the some of the more popular Stephen King films won't be on the list because they're too fucking long. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> so some of the weirder ones will definitely make that. We're gonna see shit like Maximum Overdrive and Lawnmower Man on that list. Oh, come on, Langoliers! <laughs> come on, Langoliers! I don't know. That was like a four-hour <laughs> miniseries. It That's was. not gonna happen. It was. <laughs> I have it on tape somewhere in this house. (laughs) And the original It from its original air date. There we go. Uh Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But alrighty, folks. So we're going to wrap this one up here. As always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Death to the moon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. argue with
uh, you know, Jude Law had to stick his tongue in my bio port. 